0: God bless y'all. Thank you. I remember they used to be little bitty old things. Yeah. They've grown up and we've grown older. Aren't you glad we're on this road? I believe from where we're standing, that if we'll stand from where we are and look back, we can all say, we're a lot closer. We're a lot closer. And things are happening so fast that we could get from here to where we want to go pretty quick. That's right. yeah. Amen. So the main thing is to be ready, isn't it? Amen. Praise Amen. the Lord. Just turn tonight, if you would, uh, to the Song of Solomon again, chapter 2, verse 10. Uh, certainly appreciate your prayers for our granddaughter this week. Eliana, she had her, th- her surgery on, on Thursday and did well. They had to... Cut out a little bit more than what they thought because of the scar tissue around her around her belly. So uh, make her recuperate in time just a little bit longer. But certainly appreciate your prayers. She's on on some pain meds, which are making her a little bit dizzy when she gets up. But we just appreciate if you just continue to pray for her, that the Lord will just be with her. He's our healer. Yeah. That's right. Amen. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 10. Now let's take this setting... We can look at it where we are naturally in the time of the year that we're in, officially in spring already. We can look at it in that sense, and then we can also look at it in the spiritual application of where we're going, that is to to the land of the millennium, the spiritual regeneration. Jesus told his apostles that in the book of Matthew, when the regeneration comes, that you will sit with me. Strange word that he used. Uh, you'd think most of the time it would be new birth, but actually used it for the coming kingdom that was coming on the earth. So it helps us to see that there is a rebirth for that as well. My beloved spake and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past. The rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. Now move from March in East Tennessee to the millennium. The winter is over. Sickness has been defeated. There's not one disease germ on the earth. So we step out. On a paradise. The winter is past. The rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of the singing of birds is come. And the voice of the turtle, which is the turtle dove, is heard in our land. The fig tree putteth forth her green figs. And the vines with the tender grape give a good smell. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. Praise God. I wish we could just leave now. Hey, I love church. Ain't nothing no better to me than church. But when it comes to rapture in the church, let's go in the rapture. We'll take the church in the rapture. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many Lot like to be remembered tonight? You've got a need, a request on your heart, your home, whatever it is. Let's just hold it in our hearts as we pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your gracious love and your kindness to us, Father. Thank you for granting us the opportunity once again that we could come together tonight, Lord, to be able to sing and worship and pray and make our needs known, our requests known, our desires, petitions and now, Father, we come to this part of the service, which is the, the Word of God. Lord, we ask you that you would help us. I'm sure every person thus far that has participated in this forefront of the service, Brother Louis, I'm sure that he walked up here with knowing that there's an understanding of a responsibility that's on him. The musicians knowing that they have the ability to be able to help create an atmosphere. Brother Keith and his family, the Those that have sung, Lord, we know, dear God, that one day we will stand before you and we will give an account for absolutely every service, every time we've stood in this place. We will give an account for the things that we've done, the deeds that we've done in our body. We want them to be well, Lord. We want them to be pleasing to you. More than anything else in this world, we want to hear you say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. We know that it will take you, Lord Jesus, to help us. Now as we look into your word, I pray, Father, that you would help us. Lord Jesus, I've studied, I've prayed, I've applied myself, I've done everything I know to do. Even to just a few moments before walking out here, Lord, just to fill my spirit with your word. Lord, I just submit myself to you as a vessel. That's all I can do. I need you tonight, Lord. Help me. Speak to us your great word, Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask it. Amen. Amen. God bless you, saints. You may be seated. I know there's no way we can comprehend what is laid up in store for the people of God. And to think that we're still just talking about the honeymoon. But the honeymoon itself is so great So profound that God wanted to include such a great thing in His plan. That God had His prophets hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago to tell us things that are yet to be in the future. Things that are so profound. Numbers that they used and measurements, especially with Ezekiel and predictions and prophecies that were made that are so accurate that it's totally impossible for it to be given any other way than by the sovereignty of God. You've been listening to this and you know that already the scriptures and things that we've looked at for several weeks without end. One scripture after another, after another, after another. And some of these men never even knew each other. Some of them lived in one part of a country, others lived in another part. And yet they never got together to compile their writings. It wasn't even compiled until years and years after they left the earth. And yet their words so dovetailed. And they would prophesy in such a way that some of them would say almost the same thing. And people even accused them of plagiarism because the words they used were so identical to the words that the other man used before them 75 years before. Well, it's not plagiarism. It's just the same God speaking through different vessels. We believe He does the same thing tonight, do we not? And yet when we look at what lays before us as the people of God... And we look around us at the trouble and the difficulty that we face every day of our life. Our nation has never been in such a, a condition as it is as far as the grip of sin, the grip of darkness around the world. People every day taking their lives because life is not worth living anymore. People have to have substances of all type in order to be able to survive day by day. They have to have something to get up, something to go to bed. They have to have something to help them deal with everything they go through in life. We're in a sad, sad world. But I'll tell you what makes it even more sad to me than that is the greatest hope of all, and yet they turn him down they will not listen they will not even open their hearts to see what he can do for them and yet the very thing the soul craves for is right here it is right here without question and yet people still go right on as if though there's something out here that they can find that will be able to satisfy something in their soul Well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you you will never find it because it's not out there there's only one place it can can be found and that's in the Lord Jesus and his mercy But yet, we know that some people, no matter how long they would live on the earth, that they would never wind up choosing Him. Those that are resurrected in the millennium, that will be resurrected in the initial first weeks or months or year, whatever it is that it transpires, and they will begin their long journey on the earth in the millennium, and they will be privileged to live here for many of them hundreds and hundreds of years. There will be children, no doubt, that will be born down all through different stages of the millennium, So at the end when it comes there will be people that will almost be a thousand years old. There will be some 600, some 700, some 800, some 500, some 300, some 200. There may be some that's just 40, 50, 60 years old. And yet all down through there the gospel will be perpetuated through the kingdom of the Messiah. And they will be subjected to make them do it. They will be forced to become to the house of God. And they will be under a, a, a... a restraint you know because there's no devil there there's no demons to anoint their thoughts there is no enemy there to provoke them to rebellion but they're still not born again uh, to me one final view that God will absolutely decimate in the millennium and that is that man constantly lays the blame on the reason that he can't live right is the devil made me do it But you understand nobody in the millennium can ever fall back on that excuse because there won't be no devil there. So there won't be no drinking, there won't be no running around, there'll be no adultery, there'll be no hospitals, there'll be no sickness, there'll be nothing like that, and there'll be no devils that will make people do anything wrong. So it shows that that choice still lays in human beings, and many of them left to their own will absolutely go toward evil when evil is represented to them. And we know, of course, at the end of the millennium that Satan will be raised out of his prison many of those that have been made to be subjected to the millennium kingdom whenever they get their choice and the opportunity is presented to them they will leave the kingdom of the messiah and they will join up ranks for the devil can you imagine living on the earth for almost a thousand years or several hundred years and you are given the opportunity under the kingdom of the lord jesus christ and at the end of it when you're finally given your choice and sin comes around you choose sin well in my view you're not fit to walk down streets of gold you're not fit that type of a person we know the grace of god is bountiful it is wonderful but god will never give grace to such an individual there'll never be one type of person like that at all that are ever wind up in the eighth day because if they were in a month's time the eighth day would be like the seventh day and the fifth day and the sixth day and all the rest of the days so god will purge out finally purge out all of humanity that rebels against him. And God will destroy or decimate every final cause of sin. And Satan will utterly eventually in the end be destroyed. All sinners, even the very thought of the wicked shall perish. Then we go, of course, from the millennium, which is the seventh day over into the eighth. Now, in the millennium, God has many, many things that are going to blend together or merge into the eighth day. As we've already looked at a few of them, but yet tonight we'd like to look at, by the help of the Lord, the Millennium Temple. Now, in the temple, it is very unusual in how that it is laid out. It is not like the eighth day, because in the eighth day, John said, I looked and I saw no temple for the Lord God and the Lamb are the temple thereof. So there's no temple in eternity right but yet there has been temples down through time and of course we know that God started out with the tabernacle and that was given to them which is a temporary structure which was moved from one point to another and then of course they go into the solid stone building and on down through we'll get that a little bit later but God wanted this place on the earth by which the people of God would have a designated area where they could come and worship and in the millennium there will be what is identified as a millennium temple or Ezekiel's temple which is chapter 40 of Ezekiel and it runs down through chapter 48 but yet in there will be many many things which will have carryovers from the church ages and yet it will be unique and as we looked at it last week no veil of separation no showbread no many of those things will be gone only thing will be there actually will be the altar and here in this God will allow the priesthood of Zadar the sons of Zadok will be the ones which will minister whatever will transpire in the millennium temple and they will be designated so much of the city itself. Now I'm sure many of you have already been wondering when you're looking at the circumference of this city where is all the bride going to live? Because we're taking a great size in reduction in compared to the millennium temple in comparison to the city of the eighth day. Well you take a city of the eighth day, which is 1500 miles that way, that way, that way, and this way, and that way. Now we reduce it down to one, which is a mile by a mile by a mile by a mile, and possibly a mile this way. And we look at it with the circumference being around 34 to 36 miles, something like that, as far as the base. Where in the world are all these people going to live? But remember, the millennium in this type is not to reflect eternity. It is more like, the millennium is going to be more like the setting of the Garden of Eden. And in the Garden of Eden, it was the first government of God ever delegated upon the earth as far as dealing with Bible times. And in that, it was not going to be like a heaven, but it was a paradise, a place of rest, a place of pleasure, a place of small labor. When I say labor, I don't mean laboriously working and sweating and tired and all that sort of thing and the millennium is going to be a recapturing of what the Garden of Eden was except for tens of millions of people on the earth instead of one man and one woman so it is not going to be like for those of you that have been pondering and wondering about in your mind how's all the bride going to be able to live inside that city where's everybody going to be now remember you were going to build your own house in the millennium there again it's different in the eighth day and the eighth day he's already gone to prepare it for us so that city will be coming down to cap off the mountain which will push up out of the new creation in the Millennium Temple City actually the Mount of Olives will push up it will join up with Mount Moriah and there will be the highest place on the face of the earth everything will pretty much be hills and valleys and plains but it is not intended to be an exact replica of the city in the eighth day so in comparison it will be really they're very very small. But it, it, again, it is not going to be where all of the elect down to the ages there's no way they'll all live inside a place that small. And we know that God planned on doing this and of course it was in his mind and seven is completion. So God will complete the very plan that was started in the Garden of Eden started thousands of years ago and the millennium is the last day of the full week of time that God has been dealing now with the cosmos the world order on the earth so the millennium closes all of that out so God is uh, very many things in significance of what he wants to be able to fulfill in the millennium now in this temple it will be no doubt a beautiful place it will be a temple city it will be the priest king which will be the son of David and there the presence of God will bring back the glory the Shekinah the Shekinah that will come back upon the earth and the same prophet that saw it leave out of this temple in the book of Ezekiel was the same prophet of God that saw it come back. Now never do you find when God writes Ichabod over a door that God ever returns again. Whenever God left, of course, the tabernacle he went to another phase. When he left Solomon's temple he went to another phase. When God leaves the church ages when they form an organization God leaves and never find God going back in there again to start another move of God. Once God leaves it, it's done. Right. So God then condemns that house, Ichabod is written over the door and then God moves to another phase. So God will complete the last phase of an earthly house or a tabernacle that will be upon the earth and once God does that then eternity we go into the real thing of what it was in the beginning prior to the fall. Now remember Adam and Eve went to church and they went into the presence of God but it was not actually a building like we have here tonight. went to church they went up to a canopy of forest, and there was trees and there was birds singing and there was animals and there was all types of of nature botany life animal life there but it was not a house anything like this now do we thank god for places like this we do but they are only given in time now these this house is designated to make it different from every other house around here probably some of the tube of forest, some of the block came from of course bolton block and the carpet come from wherever more in the wood it come from some of the same forest maybe that another oak tree right by went and made a table for somebody's living room or it might have made a bar in some bar somewhere but yet God wanted us to build a house and be able to sanctify that house where his presence could come but it is only given temporarily because of the evil that is on the earth so our four walls are significance in that it is set aside and sanctified so that we could have this place to worship the Lord I don't know about you I wouldn't feel comfortable going into a bar tonight. and go to singing gospel songs and go to getting down on my knees and praying would you all feel comfortable doing that? I wouldn't feel comfortable going to some type of worldly atmosphere of some type of something or another it would be terrible so this is a sign of sanctification set apart where we have this place for the house of God yet in the eighth day everything there will be holy everything there but in the millennium because everything there is still not sealed until the day of redemption you still need a house that will separate. So there will be people living on the earth and they will build their houses, yet every person living there is not seed of God. Every person living there is not going to be redeemed in the final stage when it's all said and done. You follow me? So in the millennium, we still need a consecrated, separated place that is designated as containing the house of God or the presence of God. So in there will be this great great Shekinah and there the glory of God will return as Ezekiel saw it there on the river Shabbat but yet and we move into the eighth day there will be all sinners will be gone all time will be gone everything pertaining to, to time will be fully redeemed so we no longer need a particular house and said well God is right here God is right here inside this house and there is where God meets us well in that day when it comes to that the entire earth will be fully Redeem all the universe that is left will be fully redeemed. Everything will come right back into the circle of eternity again. So there will not have to be a certain house or even just a certain people. Well, God lives in them people and these foolish virgin out here. God ain't in them, but God, God loves them and He cares for them. He don't want them to perish. But yet they're not sealed with the Holy Ghost. In eternity, everybody there will be holy. Everybody there will be in the realm of eternity in the realm of eternal life so there's no need for a temple or a house of God or a church where God will particularly meet in that particular location but until the millennium is over there are spots on the earth that God will meet with his people I'm just glad we got one of them well praise the Lord aren't you glad God's got him scattered all over the world where the saints of God meet now let's let's take a view of the canton out of this millennium temple Ezekiel 42 15 and when he had made an end of measuring the inner house he brought me forth toward the gate whose prospect is toward the east and measured it round about and he measured the east side with a measuring reed 500 reeds with a measuring reed round about he measured the north side 500 Reeds with a measuring reed round about. He measured the south side five hundred reeds with a measuring reed, and he turned about to the west side and measured five hundred reeds with a measuring reed. He measured it by the four sides, and it had a wall round about. Now already you see similarities to the city of the eighth day. He measured five hundred reeds with a measuring reed, and he measured it by four sides, and it had a wall round about, five hundred reeds long and five hundred brought to make a separation between the sanctuary and the profane place. Now, notice this 500 reeds then is 3,000 cubits, which is about 5,000 feet 5,280 feet in a mile. So it's almost a mile long, then a mile square. So you go a mile, a mile, a mile, a mile. So the temple site will be one mile square, but the land surrounding the temple will be 52 miles. Miles by 21 miles, so now it's very elongated because it's a parallel of the land itself. Now, as I mentioned to you already, that the tribes of Israel, when they come into the land of Israel, Dan might have a little pocket over here, and then Judah have a little pocket over here, and then Naphtali have a pocket, and it was all kind of jumbled up like that. But when we come to the millennium, the boundaries are totally different. They run this way, exactly perpendicular, one on top of the other. So whenever they come down to start at the top and run down. Never in all their time of possession did any king ever reign fully over the divine given promise land that was made to Abraham. They were to go from one sea to the other, from the Nile of course over to the Tigris or the Euphrates. They never inherited that full portion, but they will in the millennium now their lamb will run like this seven tribes and then you of course have got the tabernacle or the temple that divides in the middle then you got five below it so here we look then the mountain it will be a mountain of the Lord and it could easily reach one mile high and the angle of ascent would not be very difficult at all notice Ezekiel 43 1 at your word he brought me to the gate even the gate that looketh toward the east and behold the glory of the God of Israel came from the way of the east and his voice was like a noise of many waters and the earth shine with his glory. Now the same prophet that saw the glory leave is the same prophet now seeing it come back not to where he left from but coming to a new house of God amen and it was according to the appearance of the vision which I saw even according to the vision which I saw that came to destroy the city and the visions were like the vision that I saw by the river Shabar and I fell upon my face and the glory of the Lord came into the house by the way of the gate whose prospect is toward the east so the spirit took me up and brought me into the inner court and behold the glory of the Lord filled the house. So here again in time we still have God designated a particular place by which his Shekinah will be allocated and there is where it will remain. And God will actually change the name of this place and call it Jehovah Shamar Adonai Shammah which is the Lord is there. So is not God everywhere? Yes, God is everywhere by omnipotence and omnipresence but yes the Shekinah will only be in this particular place. Amen. So it is a spot on the earth even in the seventh day. I, 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 hope this, I hope this helps you to understand tonight even in this church age that we're living in, that mighty God has got places let me say it this way, tabernacles temples, bodies that are retaining tonight His glory, His Shekinah the glory of God living in human beings now watch as this being measures the circumference of the wall and these are the goings out of the city on the north side 4,500 measures Ezekiel 48 30 and the gates of the city shall be after the names of the tribes of Israel three gates northward one gate of Reuben one gate of Judah one gate of Levi now if you'd like to write this down you can write it on down and read the rest of it on down to verse 35 it was round about 18,000 measures and the name of the city of that day shall be the Lord is there or Jehovah Shammah or Adonai Shammah so here he is now God will actually cause the name of the city to be renamed but what will be the name of it it will be identified by his presence so you see it's not the dirt that's so much holy it's not so much the Jerusalem stone that makes it holy but it is the presence of God. What is it that makes you holy? Oh my, we look at our our sisters. we have certain length of our dresses, and we ought to do that. Our hair identifies us, we ought to do that. But a person could do that and still not be holy, still not set apart. What sets us apart from the rest of the world is not just our own personal sanctification. It is when the glory of God comes in our tabernacle, that is the seal that our sanctification is accepted in the eyes of God. It means that God accepted your repentance of faith and that God accepted you laid aside this and that and the other and then God comes and sets your soul apart from time don't you understand God sets your soul apart from time and seals your soul to the day of redemption and in your soul it could be Adonai Shammah he is here hallelujah Is he everywhere? Oh, sure, but I'm the president. Is he in every heart? Nope. Is he in every church? Nope. But is he in some? Yes, he is. Praise God. Now remember, this is going to need to be quite a large place in this millennium temple. Now as I said, it will not be of course in comparison to the city because the bride, the elect of the age will reside in the city in the eighth day. Just me, this is just all it's worth, you know, it's just me. In my view, I'm not sure that all the elect are even going to live in this city when it comes there. Because it's going to be more like Adam, it's going to be more as it was in the Garden of Eden. And there when you look at the property allocated to the prince, and the property allocated to the sons of Zadok, there's not that much room going to be inside of that. May it be special people like Paul and Moses and Abraham and whoever. I don't even care. Jealousy won't even be there. So if I have to live outside the city limits in the millennium, I'm fine with that. I don't care if I work for the city and pick up garbage. I'm fine with that. I don't care where I got to live, I'm going to be there and I'm going to enjoy every day of it. You ain't going to find me going around my lips all pooched out because I didn't get to live in the Millennium Temple. I don't deserve none of His grace. I don't deserve not one thing that God's done for me. So whatever He gives me, I'm going to thank Him for and say praise God. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Notice now in Zechariah 8.20, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, It shall yet come to pass that there shall come people, and the inhabitants of many cities, and the inhabitants of one city. Now look, there's going to be many cities in the millennium. Jerusalem is not the only city. There will be many cities spread all over the face of the earth. And these people have got something really very strange on their mind. No matter where they're from, they got going to church on their mind. That sounds like my kind of people. I told Carol's who is coming to church tonight, if half the church people, if they got one little small percentage of how important it is going to church like the devil does, I think they'd be more faithful. There ain't nothing you'll ever do in life that the devil will fight you any harder after you're saved and filled with the Holy Ghost than going to the house of God. He won't fight you over going to Walmart and going to KFC and going out to get you a big fat hamburger and it make you big and fatter. But boy, you talking about going to the house of God, you talking about going to church, everything in the world comes up to hinder you. Of course, it don't take much to hinder some folks. Amen. Now, notice, and the inhabitants of one city shall go to another saying, Let us go speedily to pray before the Lord and to seek the Lord of hosts. I will go also. So they're they're in such a fervor. They're in such a passionate desire that they actually go from one city to another. So it'd be like somebody from Johnson City going to somebody in Bristol. And remember, I heard the prophet said the day before yesterday, there's not one car, there's not one automobile, there's not one airplane. How in the world are these folks going to travel? let us go speedily pray for the lord hey don't look at me i'm asking you i don't have the answer before the lord and to seek the lord of hosts i will go also yea many people and strong nations shall come to seek the lord of hosts in jerusalem and to pray before the Lord, so there 's only one place now, remember one place set aside, sanctified by which the second art will be there, and that is in Jerusalem, so if you live in the United States, you make a trip over there 's only have in the world i don 't know what 's up to God, maybe they 'll travel like us out i 'm not sure what they 'll do, but he 'll provide a way amen verse 23 thus saith the Lord of hosts in those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take a hold of all language of the nations even they shall take a hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew saying we will go with you for we have heard that God is with you My brother they sure don't do that now they hate him. Oh, but the time will come that if there is any Arabs and Muslims and sons of Ishmael that get raised in the resurrection, they'll be glad to be identified with the seed of Israel. Now, I found this, I thought it was quite amazing that the city itself will actually be called by several names. I want you to notice Isaiah how he does this. Isaiah 126, and I will restore thy judges at the first and thy counselors is at the beginning. Afterward, thou shalt be called the city of righteousness. Now, God is speaking to Jerusalem as if though it had a personality. So God is speaking to the city and said, I'll restore your counselors and your judges at the beginning and afterward thou, speaking to Jerusalem, thou shalt be called the city of righteousness. And Isaiah does a funny thing here in the way that he he runs doubles down through a couple of these verses here. The city of righteousness and then he gives it another name, the faithful city. Now God is actually contrasting in the millennium what happened to Israel in their church ages. Remember, the general of in on the old testament they had church ages right began with solomon ended up with the lord jesus in the days of the lord jesus was the hebrew sin age and they threw him outside the church but Peter, James, and John accepted him, and, and of course they were, went on to be the brideage. age. Now in this, then the children of Israel rejected God, and it became a city of unrighteousness. But God said, now tell you what I'm going to do. You all turned this place into filth, rottenness, and I destroy it. But I'm going to turn it into a city of faith and patience and righteousness and truth. Notice God said, Thou shalt be called the city of righteousness, and also, Isaiah says, the faithful city. Isaiah chapter sixty verse fourteen. The sons also of them that afflicted thee shall come bending unto thee. Now remember, here will come some of the mobs of Muslims and Muslims rather, and some of the sheiks you know, of Islam and this and that that maybe never had the opportunity to hear about the Lord Jesus, and they will be raised up. And it was their fathers, 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 fathers on back that come against them, and they all that despise thee shall bow themselves down to the soles of thy feet, and they shall call thee the sin of the Lord again he does it in parallel the Zion of the Holy One of Israel praise be to God Isaiah 62:4. thou shalt no more be turned forsaken neither shall thy land be any more turned desolate but thou shalt be called Hepzibah which means thou hast found favor Hepzibah, and thy land Beulah, which means married. For the Lord delighteth in thee, and thy land shall be married. Praise God. Isaiah 62, 12, and they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and thou, speaking again to the city, thou shalt be called sought out Amen. Thou shalt be called salt out. Again, he does it double. A city not forsaken. Jeremiah 3 17. At that time, they shall call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord. Amen. Look, friends, I don't care what the Palestinians say. I don't care what our country says. This is the word of God. It will come to pass. Amen. Amen. At that time they shall call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord and all the nations, all the nations shall be gathered unto it to the name of the Lord to Jerusalem. Neither shall they walk anymore after the imagination of their evil heart. Oh, you think you long for this? What about almighty God which has had this in his being before there was ever a world? Zechariah 8, 3, Thus saith the Lord, I am returned unto Zion, and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and Jerusalem shall be called a city of truth. Notice the latter part of that verse gives it another name, the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. Again, Ezekiel 48, 35. And it was round about 18,000 measures in the name of the city from that day shall be the Lord is there. So the name shall be no longer vision of peace or city of peace, but the Lord is there. His visible presence was withdrawn, but now his visible presence will return again. Praise be to God Oh don't you love him tonight church Notice where the throne is going to be Now in this is going to be very unique Uh, King Solomon as I looked at it last weekend King Solomon actually built his palace By of course the tabernacle And placing his throne right there next to it The temple that he built But unlike that this one will actually be Inside the consecrated place To the presence of God Jeremiah 317 At that time they shall call Jerusalem The throne of of the Lord so the throne will be inside this temple city now there's been many of course heathen temples that have been back down through time and this idol worship which has built something very similar in that they would make a temple city for their gods and then their kings would be the pontificate or that one which was set up in the stead of that God which will be the temple of course during the time of the tribulation period when Satan will set himself in the temple of God's Showing himself that he is God. But notice in verse 7 of chapter 43 of Ezekiel, he said unto me, Son of man, the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet, where I will dwell in the midst of the children of Israel forever, and my holy name shall the house of Israel do no more defile, neither they nor their kings by their whoredom, nor by their carcasses of their kings and their high places. Can you imagine, friends, when there'll be a time on the earth when Everybody believes the same doctrines. I'm about to pass out. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine unified worship? Nobody's praying to the Father. Somebody else praying to the Son. Somebody else praying to the Holy Ghost. Somebody else praying to Allah. Somebody else praying to Buddha. It will be a unified worship over the entire earth. Notice Isaiah 45, 23. I have sworn by myself the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness. Chew on this one for a while, devil. And shall not return. That unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. I'm glad I'm doing mine now. All these agnostics, infidels, all these folks that believe in Darwinism, huh? they'll throw Darwin and themselves wind up going to hell. Now I'll tell you, old oh, Darwin, you know what? You, you realize Darwin started out in church. You didn't know that? Yeah. Darwin started out in church, baptizing church. And Darwin in the latter years of his life realized he'd made a terrible mistake by introducing what was later to believed as Darwinism. And yet we realize the world today grasping at every What's well, a scientific fact, Brother Donnie? It's scientific like I'm a six-foot roll of baloney. <laughs> Bring your knife if you'd like to try me. It ain't scientifically proven. You cannot scientifically prove there was an amoeba out in the middle of a green pond scum billions of years ago and it got up. Look at the human body, how it's made. Look at your eyes. Look at your organs, how they correlate. Can I bring a pile of lumber here tonight and put some boards and see if they'll think their stuff together and make me another pulpit? Can I bring a stack of blocks and sheetrock rock and wiring and let it just think about it? Let that stack of material think about it and Maybe it'll make us a new fellowship hall. Maybe it'll make us a new house. But it won't do it well. Really. And why? Because the law does not lay in the material, it only lays in the Almighty God who brings it together by creation. I tell you what you brothers do you try the theory of Darwinism on your honeydew list. Get your wife's honeydew list. Go to Lowe's, Home Depot, buy the material. List one, list two, list three, list four. Just pile them up around the house and tell her, Honey, I'm, I'm waiting on this to kind of all come together. I'm just seeing what's going to happen. Watch for that number size nine frying pan. Huh. Will it happen? Of course you know it won't. Did it happen to us? Of course it did not. The word went out of God's mouth. It will return to him, my brother, sister fulfilled, not void. Notice, surely shall one say, in the Lord of our righteousness and strength, even to him shall men come, and all incense against him shall be the same and the Lord shall the seed of Israel be justified and show glory oh my notice this in chapter 52 verse 1 awake awake put on thy strength O Zion put on thy beautiful garments O Jerusalem the holy city for henceforth there shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean we sure can't say that now since the mosque of Omar stands there Do you understand a Jew is not allowed by law to walk on the holy temple site? They get arrested. They're not allowed by law to walk up there. Now you can a Gentile. If you're a Muslim, you can. But not a Jew. They're not allowed to walk up on where their holy temple sat. God said, don't worry. I'll redo that for you one day. And he said, "The matter of fact, that means none of them woke up if they still got that attitude. Notice, oh my, I love this. Isaiah 66, 20. And they shall bring all your brethren for an offering to the Lord out of all nations upon horses and in chariots and in litters and upon mules and upon swift beasts to my holy mountain Jerusalem. Sayeth the Lord, as the children of Israel bring an offering and a clean vessel into the house of the Lord. Can you imagine the children of Israel will offer these people to God? Now they're not going to cut their throats. They're going to come in and say, are you a Jew? Yes, I'm a Jew. You're the seed of Abraham. I am. Can we go to church with you? Sure. Come on. I'll present you to the king. Praise be to God will also take of them for priests and Levites saith the Lord as for the new heavens and the new earth which I make shall remain before me saith the Lord so shall your seed and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another. Notice how Isaiah and, uh, He jumps from chapter 65 in the beginning. Chapter 66 runs to the 8th day. Down here in this part he runs right back to the 7th day. From the new moon to another. From one Sabbath to another. Shall all flesh come to worship before me. Amen. How in the world will everybody on the face of the earth... Go to the same church. God don't believe in church splits in the millennium, does he? And won't we'll be one split off over there and one split off over there, and nothing. Go down the road and start another. He said, "No, if y'all are going to church, you're going to my house." Well, praise the Lord. You imagine how in the world will they all get there? I don't know. How will they accommodate everybody? You look out on the earth, friend, and as far as you can see, the mass of humanity, every one of them bowing their knee, every one of them worshiping. Can you imagine with millions of human beings on the face of the earth, and they're worshiping God? Oh, Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 9 for them will I turn to the people a pure language that they may call upon the name of the Lord to serve him with one consent. Zechariah 2 4 and said unto him run speak to this young man saying Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls for the multitude of men and cattle therein oh my for I saith the Lord will be unto her a wall of fire round about and will be the glory in the midst of her verse 10 sing and rejoice O daughter of Zion for lo I come and I will dwell in the midst of thee saith the Lord And many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day and shall be my people. And I will dwell in the midst of them. Thou shalt know the Lord of hosts hath sent me unto thee. Verse 12. And the Lord shall inherit Judah, his portion in the Holy Land, and shall choose Jerusalem again. From where the holy temple slash throne Zechariah 2 13 be silent o all flesh before the Lord for he is raised up out of his holy habitation Ezekiel 34 25 I will make them a covenant of peace And will cause the evil beasts to cease out of the land and they shall dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods <laughs> And I will make them in the places round about my hill a blessing and I will cause the shower to come down in his season, and there shall be showers of blessings. And the tree of the field shall yield her fruit, and the earth shall yield her increase, and they shall be safe in their land, and shall know that I am the Lord when I have broken the bands of their yoke and delivered them out of the hands of those that serve themselves of them. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Can I have a little bit more time? I was going to take it, but it's awful nice of you to give it to me. (laughs) Now, beginning in the year 1444 B.C., up to the year 1100 B.C., we have God's first place of worship on the earth called the Tabernacle of Moses. Exodus chapter 40 verse 33. He reared up the cord round about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. So then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Now, but then after that time, of course, David went up and got the house of the Lord and brought it up to his place some years after this but the second one was the temple of Solomon which dates from 959 to 586 BC now watch 1 Kings chapter 8 verse 10 and it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord now here's the dedication of Solomon's temple so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. Then spake Solomon the Lord said he would dwell in the thick darkness. Then of course it's destroyed in 586 B.C. by Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians. Then we have the temple of Zerubbabel. Ezra chapter 5 you would like to write it down. Which was later enlarged by King Herod. So it's dedicated 516 BC. Then when Herod comes along, he adds onto it, modifies it, makes it quite beautiful. 46 years he actually spent remodeling it. And it stood until 70 AD. But now when we get to this, notice where we are now, third temple on the earth. Notice when they dedicate it, Ezra six sixteen, and the children of Israel, the priests and the Levites and the rest of the children of the captivity kept the dedication of the house of God with joy and offered at the dedication of this house of God a hundred bullocks, 200 rams, 400 lambs, a sin offering for all Israel, 12 he goats, according to the number of the tribes. And they set the priests and their divisions and the Levites and their courses for the service of God, which was at Jerusalem, As was written in the book of Moses. And where's God? Where's the glory of God? Guess what? It wasn't there. Now where's the menorah? Where's the ark? Still not there. Well, I'm sorry y'all didn't know this. (laughs) Now watch, temple number three. But let's move to temple number four. The temple of the body called the Lord Jesus. Dates 4 BC to around 32, 30, 32. It's hard to say really what the year was. I know a lot of folks don't believe in him. They make fun of us who do. But every time they sign a check, every time they sign a check, it's based on him. You know why? He divided history. B.C. stopped with him. A.D. started with him. Let him laugh. Every time they sign something, every time they put a date on something, and it's history, say it real slow and divide it properly, it is his story. His story, history, that's right. Now notice, so here comes the fourth temple of God. It is not made with tempers. It's not made with stone or mortar. But it's created in the womb of a virgin girl. Notice Matthew 3.16. And Jesus, when he was baptized, and went straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and lighting upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom, in whom I am well pleased now here we see the reappearing of the glory of God what's he doing? going into his tabernacle again Notice how Luke writes it in Luke 3.21. Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was open. And the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son. In thee I am well pleased. So here we have temple number four. Four is the number of earthly deliverance. But God didn't want four. God wanted more. So now we move to temple five. Five is F-A-I-T-H-J-E-S-U-S-G-R-A-C-E. The spiritual temple, the church... Acts chapter 2. Dates. (laughs) I love this date here, Brother Terry. Dates from Pentecost to rapture. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Praise God! This is why I don't need to set a date. I'm in the right time frame, so I don't worry about dates. Amen. So now the spiritual temple is again by the impartation of the divine life in temple 4, now coming back in temple 5. But now notice, as we go on, temple 6 will actually be the tribulation temple, which will date from the rapture to Armageddon. Now notice 6 is the number of man. God has nothing to do with this. Oh no, it's not the orchestration of God at all. It is the Jews, many of them that have a great desire, no doubt, but they're fixing to build a house for the devil, not a house of God. That's right. But now notice as we go from temple 6, which is destroyed on the last day maybe of the tribulation period. Then we go to temple 7. Notice the numerics of God now. We go to temple 7, which is the temple we just read about. The millennium temple Ezekiel 40 through 48. Now then we move out of 7 and we move where? We move into 8. And we look all over the city and up and down and all around and the Lord God and the Lamb are the temple thereof. So when we reach there, the cycle of temple worship, the cycle of church worship in the way we know it will have come to its end and then it will move in where every day is church. Every day is worship. Every day is singing. Every day is at the feet of Adonai, hearing about His great purpose, His great desire. Oh, glory be to God! It is no more new moon or Sabbath to Sabbath or church three times a week. It's church every day. God bless you. Let's sing. Revelation twenty one, twenty two, and I saw no temple therein for the Lord God Almighty, and the Lamb are the temple of it. Amen. Praise God! You understand? If you've got eternity tonight in your soul, you don't have to wait to get to church to call on the Lord. Right. Right? Hey friends, you've done moved into the eighth day and your soul has already arrived. Praise God. I can call on the name of the Lord at home, at Walmart, sitting in a tar repair place, wherever it is. You know what I'm saying? You can too. We don't have to be here. But you know what? If you love God, you will be here. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, let me read you a couple of scriptures in the morning, Lord. Matthew 19, 27. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have? Therefore, Jesus said unto them, Verily, I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration. Look at this Greek word. New birth, reproduction, renewal, recreation. The production of a new life consecrated to God. Ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, Ye also shall set up on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Amen. This is a particular promise now given to the apostles. But yet, you're not excluded because you're not an apostle. We are going to be there. When? In the regeneration. She's been baptized. She repented under Noah. And she cried and cried and cried. And asked God to forgive her for all the sins that was on her. And God baptized her. And the earth come out on the other side. As someone has been dipped in the water, shaking their head, rubbing the water out of their eyes. And the earth come out of her dipping from the presence of God. But it wasn't wrong. So people started sinning in her justified life. Noah the prophet got drunk. Right? Blood of Jesus dripped on her from the cross. Claimed it. Called it as his own. Sin still goes on. In the millennium, sin will be carried over. Ham and the ark. Right? Is that what he said? Question answer 64. Ham and the ark. When we move into this cycle of the final stage of regeneration all sin will be annihilated praise ye which have followed me in the regeneration listen saints you followed him in the regeneration insomuch that you have been regenerated too Amen. praise be to God oh thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus Amen. Let's pray together, shall we? Oh Father, how we long, Lord, for this precious day. When our Lord Jesus will come back to earth again. You have visited the earth countless of times, no doubt. In the form of Theophany, in the form of Logos. In a cloud or a fire. You have come to the earth. Over and over again. And when you come as a man. They hated you. Rejected you. And ultimately crucified you. You come back in the form of the Holy Ghost. They're still rejecting you to this day in that form. But Lord we know you will come back. And when you do. The world will never know it as far as the rapture is concerned. It's a secret coming to catching away of the bride we'll see our loved ones and all of a sudden we'll be changed and we'll all be gathered together in another dimension before we rise up into paradise praise god then at the end of the tribulation when the marriage supper is over we will come back down and fight amen in the battle of armageddon then we know the earth Already started being purged under the sixth seal. All those living on the earth that are left alive and remaining. That have not been killed in the battles of Armageddon. And the plagues of the tribulation period. Will be destroyed. Then father you will finalize. What will take place. Of the stage of regeneration before the millennium. Then Lord you'll call for us. As we maybe, one up into the city for a bit, upon high, we'll be beckoned as you finalize. Then the cycle of the reign of the Son of David will start. Maybe the temple work will begin, and we'll start building our houses. And who knows how it will be exactly? But one thing after another, another, rather according to the order of events. Then the heathen will be raised. The dictates of God will come from Jerusalem. And the millennium will set in. Lord Jesus, I pray you'd help each of us here tonight. To be here at that great day. Thank you, Father. May you minister to us tonight, Lord. Maybe some need strength for their journey. Several Lord, sick. Father, you know there's been so much sickness and viruses and this and that and the other going around. I pray for healing for the bodies of your saints, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we know every time you perform a divine healing or a miracle in our body, it's a little touch, a prefigure of the body change. Lord, may your healing virtue go to our people, Father. So many, Lord, have been so sick and they've got over one thing and then get another. But Lord God, I ask in the name of Jesus Christ, May you minister healing to your saints, Lord. We worship you tonight, Father. Lord, we don't want to wait to bow our knee at the white throne. We don't want to wait to give our allegiance to Christ in the time of the millennium. We're not going to be forced to go to the house of God. If you don't come up, you won't get no rain. That will never be said to us. We'll be the first ones there. Because we love going to church now. And we sure are going to love it in the millennium we love being in your presence we love hearing your word we love singing your songs lord it's strange and peculiar but we even love it when you burn our hide because you know you're getting us ready to leave this world we love you father we worship you tonight lord jesus praise god let's sing something together hey oh don't you want to just love him a little bit before we go can we take it just a few more minutes
1: You, Jesus. I am watching for the coming Praise of God. that glad millennial day Praise God. When our blessed Lord will come and catch you, Lord, His waiting bright, bright away. away Oh, my heart is filled with rapture, with rapture. as I lay Thank you, Jesus. Back to earth again. Everybody with all your hearts now. Oh our Lord is coming back to earth again. Yes, our Lord is will be the answer to her sorrowing cry. God. For the knowledge of her shall fill, shall the, fill earth the earth on God shall take away all sickness and the sufferer's tears will dry when our Savior shall come, come back, back to earth again. Everybody, Whoa.
0: And we'll be bound as well.
1: His grace tonight. Amen. Come back in the morning believing and expecting. Amen. Looking forward to part two in the morning. Amen. Let's sing that song. See the bright light shine. It's just about home time. Never been this homesick before. Oh, there's a light in the window. The table spread in splendor, oh, someone standing by the open door. So... Oh.